0: the power of your love. And that's talking about the love of God that comes through the power of His Spirit. And today is Pentecost Sunday. Let's give Jesus a hand of praise for the power of His love this morning. Oh, I bring grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who calls us into fellowship. The emphasis of this week's service It's on the day of Pentecost, as we have already said, when this Holy Spirit came and descended upon all who were gathered in that place, in that upper room uh, at that time, filling them up to overflowing when he, uh, with his presence, empowered them. The commemoration of this event is a longing that the prophet Moses had Long ago, as he just read in the first reading this morning, wherein Moses had uh, called the 70 elders around the tent. And as they were there, the the Lord uh, was able to move the spirit from on Moses, and he rested it upon all 70 of them. And they started to prophesy according to the Bible. Well, two of the elders stayed in town and did not come at the tent. And the Bible tells us that people came running to Moses to report that those two elders that stayed in the camp in town were prophesizing. And so that he needed to send people there to stop them. And Moses' response was, I wish all of you were, were, were filled with the Spirit. That was the hope that he had. The hope that Moses had at that time <clears throat> became fulfilled at the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came and rested on everybody in that room. As a matter of fact, he rests or comes into every person who is baptized, born again, with the power and presence of God in their life. So everyone in this room this morning has the power of that presence inside of you as long as you are born again. The Spirit of God is with you this morning. That was Moses' long-ago hope that everyone would be Uh, filled with the Spirit of God, not just a certain group of people as it was in his time. This event also presents a fulfillment of Jesus' promise to the disciples as we read in the gospel this morning where it says in John 7 verse 38, whoever believes in me as scripture has said, he says, river of living water will flow from within them. The river of living water is the Word of God. It is the Spirit of God. It is through that flow that the Spirit of God, who is inside of every believer, works in and through us and works magnificently as God is doing His purpose in and through us. Uh, Through you will flow rivers of living water. And I told you that when I was a young man coming up, standing in front of the class and making a presentation was the most difficult thing for me. I could not sleep during the night if I had to present the next morning. But when the Spirit of God came and rested on me and within me, it changed everything. I started doing things that I could not do before because that flow began to happen as I yielded myself to the Lord's will to have his will done in and through me. And so that's how it works with every one of us. Today we find that the longing of the prophet Moses and the promise of the Lord Jesus came to pass in on the day of Pentecost. And so the celebration of Pentecost is the festival that the Christian church scattered all around the world should identify with because the Holy Spirit is here today, just as He was with them yesterday. The same spirit that was there yesterday is the same spirit that is with us today, giving his life daily and freely for us. That's what the Spirit of God does. He is, as I always tell you, the longest missionary that has ever, ever been sent on an assignment and is still on that assignment, still carrying out the same work that he was called and sent to do. That has never changed. The mandate of God has never changed, it has remained the same yesterday. Today and forever, it will be the same. And that same Spirit is with us today. But the question is, how much of Him are we using or allowing Him to use us? It's the question that the church needs to answer. Another fascinating truth is that today is Memorial Day Sunday, another memorable moment in history when brave Americans gave their lives to, uh, to, to save others and, and, and free them from death. Many of these young men and women were deployed outside of uh, their native land to resist or prevent a worldwide spread of terrorism, uh, or, or authorities that are considered dangerous to global peace and tranquility. Uh, they died in the line of duty. And these are the people that are being memorialized today some of us still remember relatives and friends that had left us as a result of their pledge to defend uh, their mother's land. That's why we mem- commemorate Memorial Day on a Sunday like this. So just like these soldiers who are being memorialized today, we re- remember another who, had, uh, who left his home and was deployed on a very dangerous mission. He was sent from heaven to earth. And his name is the Lord Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. He makes up the Trinity. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The three of them make up the Trinity. He is a person, just like the Father is a person and the Son is a person. So he has been sent to the earth. Jesus says, I will never leave you uh, comfortless or often. And he left and sent the Spirit of God here who is present with us in this worship service this morning. He is here, and he is in every worship service where the name of Jesus has been lifted up high this morning. The Spirit of God is present in those places. Can you imagine? You cannot uh, try to comprehend how this happened, but it is what happens when uh, we gather. The Bible says when two or three gather in the name of the Lord, Jesus says, I'll be in your midst. What is he talking about? He's talking about his Spirit being in our midst. And that's why it was essential that the Spirit of God comes to earth because what God is able to do now in this very moment, uh, Jesus could not do it because he was limited to a particular space at a particular time. But the Spirit of God is not limited to a particular place or a particular time. He is in every place at the same time right now doing his work in every heart, in every person, in every church where the name of God is being lifted up. Give God a hand of praise for His Spirit this morning. So amidst all of the the, the efforts of the Spirit of the dark world to stop the mission of God, He has proven himself indestructible. They tried to destroy this Holy Spirit. They could not. They have not been able to destroy him nor his mission. The mission of God continues to go on because the Spirit of God is indestructible. And God brought him into the world, placed him in human hearts so that we can carry out the works that God called us to do. He arrived on earth on what we call the day of Pentecost. And that's what we're celebrating today today. Pentecost was the 50th day after Jesus was risen from the grave. And then God uh, allowed Jesus to ascend. And on the day of Pentecost, that 50th day was the day that the Holy Spirit arrived here on the earth and has been here ever since. I'd like us to see three impactful things that he did uh, upon arriving to earth. As I speak to you under the theme this morning, the impactful arrival of the Holy Spirit. The impactful arrival of the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want us to look at is the signs of His presence. In Acts 2 verses 2 through 3 reads, Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. He says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Here in this text, it describes the Holy Spirit coming in as a blowing, uh, uh, as, as the blowing of a violent wind. The description that we see in this text, I believe, depicts something about the Holy Spirit that's been a part of the Trinity, also give him the name I Am. The Holy Spirit can be known as I Am, meaning he can be who he wants to be at a given time. So appearing here as a violent wind uh, uh, doesn't mean that uh, this is how he always makes his presence known to us. But this is how he came at this moment and made his presence felt. But there were other times when the Spirit of God appeared and did not do what he did here using this violent wind as he came. In the story of Elijah in the Old Testament, it was a gentle Whisper that appeared in First King nineteen, uh, after uh, Elijah had ran away from Jezebel and hid himself under this juniper tree. The Bible says that he was looking for the presence of God, and that this this uh, strong wind came, and he thought uh, God was in the wind, but God was not there in the wind. And he started looking at other signs to see God in it, but God was not in it. But then this gentle whisper. Came and that was where the Spirit of God was. You see, sometimes He will come in different ways. And Jesus' is baptism, He showed up as a dove, and the dove came down from heaven and sat on Jesus Christ. Mary, when Mary was about to get pregnant with Jesus Christ, the Bible says He came upon Mary gently. She didn't even know that He came. So the Spirit of God comes in different ways. Ship a form when he comes and endure us or come to carry on a particular task that God has called us to do. But so, why is he coming here as a violent wind? It's the question I want to answer this morning. He is presenting himself as what? Power. Remember Jesus' word to his disciples in Acts 1.8. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is, this, this is the example of what that is like. This is the picture of what it is like when Jesus shows up with power. We all know the power of wind. You all have a washed tornado if you haven't been in one. You've seen the destruction that it brings when they, when they show it on a television. You've seen tsunami and hurricanes. And you know the kind of force that these winds come with. But, 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 but they move stuff out of the way when they come. And that's what the Holy Spirit came to do. He came to move powers that thought they was powerful out of the way so that we give room to the power of God. That there is no power that is more powerful than the power of God. That's the message that the Spirit of God brings. As he comes in our lives, he moves move away things that stands as stumbling block. If we yield to his will, his presence, and his power, he would do that. And so he comes to tell us that there is no power like the power of God. God is awesome, and he is powerful. Give the Spirit of God a hand of praise this morning. The next thing it tells us that he came and he filled the whole house. It's a description which informs us of nobody being left out. He filled the whole house. He was in that room for everybody, not just for some people, but for everybody. He filled the whole house. Why did they all get power? Because they all were in one accord in that house. You see, every time we come to church on Sunday, and we sit on the authority of the word. Sometimes some of us don't get the word because our minds are clouded with things from outside. We're thinking about the stuff that we did not do, that we have to do. We're looking at our schedules. We're looking at other things. We get distracted by the, the issues of life. But once we get ourselves tuned in and allow the Spirit of God in the presence of that service to move in your heart and do things in you you'll never leave this place the same but he's here for everybody who comes give God a hand of praise this morning for the spirit of God he's here for every heart he's here for every person he fills the room when he comes he is in this room this morning I can feel his presence matter of fact I felt his presence the moment I entered this sanctuary this morning and we walked up here to pray God's presence just overshadowed me he told me he's going to do something new in here. And those who open up their hearts to receive it will get it. But it's here. It's here for all of us this morning. You know God is here this morning. So he fills the house. Next thing it talks about fire. Fire. Tongue of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Fire represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. Moses in the burning bush. Bible tells us that the bush was on fire, but the bush was not being consumed by the fire this is the description of what God does when he comes in our lives he comes as the consuming fire and he enters into our souls and into our hearts And he brings about this cleansing that begins to happen on the inside of you that nobody can explain, not even you yourself, but you're enjoying what he's doing as you yield to his will. He's taking trash out of your life, taking stuff out that don't belong there like he did when Jesus entered the temple and threw those tables outside down and threw people out of the temple. When the Holy Spirit enters our hearts and we yield our will to him, he comes in and he cleanses and he changes and he makes us new again. And people see us, we're a brand new person, because not because of the work you do, but the work that God is doing in you through the power of his spirit. Give God a hand of praise this morning. <clears throat> so, fire is also a symbol of judgment. Our works will be tested by fire, the Bible says, on the last day. Our works will be tested in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 13. Our works will be tested by fire. Fire is also a symbol of purification. This is done through the process of sanctification. You see, somebody says, God ain't done with me yet. That's right. God is always working through us. You see, when we come to faith in God, it is called the process of justification. God justifies you, and then the devil cannot condemn you because you've been justified by the works of Jesus Christ. You have been born again, and you come into into faith in God. And there is another process called the process of sanctification, where you're going through this process day by day. God is renewing you. God is cleansing you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. He's cleansing us, he's convicting us, he's condemning us, he's rebuking us, he's cleansing us, he's encouraging us, he's walking alongside us, he's helping us in the process. That's the process of sanctification. The next process is the process of glorification. That is when Jesus comes back and brings everybody out of the grave and we all changed, and we look just like him now and then we are being glorified in our glorified body. That is the last state of the church. That's the last place. That's the hope that we all are waiting for and looking for while we go through this process called sanctification. And we yield our will to the Lord as he carries us through the process. In John 3, sorry, Luke 3, verses 6 and 17, John the Baptist described Jesus as the one who would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This fire he's talking about has two components to it. It's talking about the fire of purification. It is also talking about the fire of judgment when he comes back and judges the world. So all of these signs represent the work and power of the Spirit of God in our world, not yesterday, but today, and even now he's carrying on these things. Talk about the signs son, the of his presence. Now let's talk about the state of his presence. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4. So all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The first thing we see uh, here, he occupied them. This is referring to indwelling, the Spirit of God indwelling them. Why, this is, why is this important? It's important because back in the Old Testament days, the Spirit of God did not indwell people. He rested on them, and those who he rested on were only those who were called to carry on a particular task. God will anoint them, and the Spirit of God will rest on them. And that's why David prayed in, when he prayed in Psalm 51, after he sinned against God, he says what? Do not take your spirit away from me. We know that God also took the spirit away from King Saul when Saul went against him. So that was that back and forth thing. With you and I as Christians today, the Spirit of God indwells us and He stays with you. He doesn't go anywhere, nowhere. He stays inside of you. What we do instead, we grieve Him and we quench Him. Then it makes us feel like He's not there, but He's still inside of you. How do we grieve the Spirit? We grieve God's Spirit when we live in disobedience to His will. And when we continuously, consistently do that, the Spirit of God becomes quenched inside of us. He is there, but He's doing nothing. You come to church, you feel nothing. You pray, you feel nothing. You go to Bible studies, you feel nothing. You serve God, you feel nothing because why? You are not yielding your will to the will of the Spirit of God. He's silent inside of you. And it's about time that the church rises up because without the Spirit of God, listen, we can do nothing. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. We cannot do it without the Spirit of God. We need Him every day in our walk, especially and the time we find ourselves. It talks about how he speaks, they spoke in other tongues. All right, look at that. Speaks about them doing something supernaturally extraordinary. They spoke in other tongues. These were men that had lived in Jerusalem, never left the city to go anywhere else, never knew how to speak any other language but the Jewish language. And now here they are speaking in many different languages at the same time. This is the work of the power and presence of the Spirit of God. He knows exactly what we need for a, for a particular time, you know, and he will give that gift for that time. And so they needed the. Why did they need this? was because people had left from different countries and came into Jerusalem for the Pentecost festival. That's what they called it. They had come for that festi- festival, and God with it, for his spirit to come why these people were already there these were Jews that had scattered outside of of the country land because of wars and all the things and so they're coming to they come back every year for this festival and they were there at this time God allowed the Spirit of God to arrive for that festival at that time and then he dispensed these people with these different tongues and as they were screaming and yelling people came to see what was happening and as they got there They realized that these guys were speaking in their own native languages. This is amazing. This is the power of God that we see at work in this text. Why isn't he doing that now? Because we grieve him, as I said, and we quench the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God enabled them, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit has the enabling abilities that the church seeks outside of him. He has everything that we need. The lesson we learn from this, we have no strength on our own. We have to understand that. The reason why many churches are closing, the doors of churches are closing today, is because folks try to do this on their own. We have no strength on our own. In Ephesians 3, 20, it says to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever or imagine. means God is bigger than us. His mind is bigger than us. He's able to do bigger things than we can ever think or imagine. That's why he gave his spirit to us, so that we can yield to the will of his spirit as we exist and do his will. We talk about the signs of his presence. We talk about the state of his presence. Lastly, let's talk about the shock of his presence. Look in Acts chapter 2 verses 5 and 6. It says, now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound of a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard uh, their own language being spoken. Who were they that were, were shocked? It was the people I just explained to you about who had come to Jerusalem for this festival from every place around the world uh, the, were, were present there that day when the Spirit of God arrived. They heard what? Noise, the Bible says. They heard noise. It means that the noise that they heard was loud. And so what that tells us is that sometimes the Holy Spirit will make you look crazy when you worship God. Okay? He would do that because he didn't hear people came and said, look, at these folks are drunk. Okay? And it was only nine o'clock in the morning they said they were drunk now you have to understand that the spirit of god will use you in ways if you open up yourself to do it that will blow your own mind and sometimes embarrass you you have to understand that and unless we can do that we're not going to have a lot of him we take the spirit of god and lock him in a corner we don't want him to do this. you can't do that no you can't do that not this not here we can't do that the spirit of god is power And he works in mysterious ways. No one needs to stand in his way when he needs to work. And that's just the truth about him. We see this yet. The Bible tells us that when the Spirit of God got on King David, David danced before the Lord as they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. He danced before the Lord. His wife looked at him and was making mockery out of him because he was dancing before the Lord. You see, and so sometimes when the Spirit of God gets on you, He'll make you do things that make you seem like you're crazy. But you are not crazy. God is just about doing His work. You have to understand that. So we got this loud noise happening in Jerusalem on the day, on the early morning like this, when the arrival of the Spirit of God came. The crowd came together in bewilderment. They were shocked, native Jews speaking their languages. It was confusing to them. And sometimes God would do some things that would be confusing to us as he tried to move. Our job right now as the church is to yield our will to the will of the Spirit of God because God is resting on my heart very heavily, that Holy Nativity is a beacon of hope in Arbutus, that this church will not die. The devil will try the best he can and take his best shot at the church, but this church will remain standing, not because of us, but because of the presence of God here. And God wants this church to be a light in this community. We're going to go out and uh, make our presence felt and heard in abudors. And we're going to make it loud. And people are going to come back to God and come back to the church. That's what God is calling us to do. That's the work that the church is going to embark on. And that's what we're getting ourselves prepared for. See the speakers that just got put up. Look at the black speakers. We are getting the sanctuary together. We got all these screens up. We're getting the sanctuary together to bring people in here and make this place warm enough for them to come in and worship God in the beauty of the holiness and worship God the way they want to worship Him. And that's what it's about. That's why we are beginning next week are offering back our traditional worship service and a celebration service. We're going back to it, and I know God is going to do wonderful things through the power and presence of His Spirit in this church so long as we open our hearts for it. I pray that these words from God this morning would encourage your hearts and keep you steadfast in your faith, knowing always God will never bring you this far and leave you. He will not teach you to swim and let you drown. God will never build his home in you and move away. God will never lift you up and let you down. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's people say, amen. <laughs>